Welcome to Old Walls House. It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walls. And I'm back. I'm back with you guys. I'm back for episode number 48. So, let's just start off with a big thank you to everybody. As always, I appreciate everyone, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And as you know, we're always going to do that housekeeping. So if you guys could, please rate. Review, comment, subscribe, share. And the share has new meaning. As I mentioned, we got the t-shirt giveaway. So, to get entered into the t-shirt giveaway, you can get entered once a week into the t-shirt giveaway. All you have to do is share the show, whether it's share a link via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Any other way, if you can tag me in it, that gets you entered into the drawing for the t-shirt giveaway for a t-shirt. Every share gets you an entry. I'm going to give away at least one shirt, maybe up to three. So, so far, we've had three people enter. Dakota Roof, Deep Dish, guest on the show, and then show contributor, Jordan Clark, Clarky's Corner. So, guys... That sharing, it's got the extra, the extra juice. You get entered into the t-shirt giveaway, so make sure to share. Uh, Fun show coming up. We got the Gordon Brothers. Special guests, the Gordon Brothers coming on. We're going to talk some Flyers hockey. We got to talk about the Green Bay Packers, the rest of the NFL, uh, college football, the college football playoff, the, the abysmal North Carolina basketball team. We got some fights to talk about, and as always, you guys know those passing thoughts are coming at the end, so without any further ado, let's get into it. Welcoming back this week to talk about some Flyers hockey, we got the Gordon Brothers back again, T-Man and H-Man. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good, Walls. How are you tonight? You know, I'm wonderful at this juncture as we're recording. The Flyers are actually winning two to one which is, you know, as we've come to learn, not an everyday occurrence. So, uh, so far, so good tonight. Yeah, playing against the defending Stanley Cup champs. Look to uh, look to get out a win here against one of the top teams in the league, for sure. And, gentlemen, how's it going in the, uh, the Gordon world? Uh, anything new to update us on other than, uh, you know, this fantastic flyer season that we're about to dive into? Yeah, so we're actually coaching our own a team of our own, a bunch of uh, eighteen, under eighteen, um, I guess, rising stars maybe is the word. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we got a team of our own that we're coaching this winter. It keeps us pretty busy. Just had a game this weekend. Almost, you know, got in a fight with a player's brother because he told me, you know, where I could go and nice everything I was doing wrong and did that in front of our team in the middle of the game with some colorful language so that was not fun um so yeah parents and youth hockey and family members are uh something else sometimes so working through that and then yeah kind of you know in full swing now in the NHL season you know obviously we were pretty dialed into the baseball baseball scene back when the Phillies had their had their run going on now but uh starting to watch a lot of hockey so are we more of the Herb Brooks uh, attempt at coaching, or do we go more with the Gordon Bombay? 
Yeah, we just we just skate the absolute wheels right off them. <laughs> yeah, we did some skating tonight. We lost this weekend, so they know if we lose that you know we're gonna end practice with a little skating. So they're getting used to that, but. Trying to teach them some life lessons along the way. You know, obviously they're not going too far in hockey. Um, you know, they're at, at the point where they're just, you know, we're playing for fun and just trying to teach them th- some things and um, get a little better throughout the year. So it's been good so far. Do we run a good cop, bad cop routine? Like T-Man <laughs> use the bad cop and H-Man comes in as a good cop? Or does H-Man come in as the hammer? Yeah, I mean, it's – we're both kind of good cop because, I mean, we, we – it's like we can still be boys with them, but you know, if we have to be serious and drop a couple f bombs, they really listen up. So it's it's nice not having a kid on the team, not having like any other interest than you know, kind of going to practice and having a objective view on things. So um, it's been good in that in that aspect, and some of the parents really appreciate it. You know that we're out there, don't have a kid on the team, and we're just you know kind of treating everyone fair. So it's been good. And Holy shit! The Flyers just scored again, and not only did they just score. Tony D. They scored in a power play. Yeah, that... just showed the graphic that the Flyers have the last place power play in the league. So what the fuck is happening tonight? Huh. Yeah, everything's clicking together. Let's see what happens here. Nice little shot from the point with the screen in front. Yeah, never had a chance. See, There's still plenty of time for them to screw this up. Mm-hmm. They've done it before this year. They've blown up two or three goal leads. It's not, not uncommon for this team sure to do Sure have, sure have. So let's dive into it. So just a little update where we're at as of recording. Uh, Flyers are 8-12-5, and five, and the real the real fun stuff comes in the last 10. One, yeah, so six and 3 in the last 10. Yeah, so, you know, being a Flyers fan, I know you kind of got into it last year, but, you know, we've kind of gotten accustomed to these long losing streaks um over the last couple years i i there was some wild stat i saw the flyers i think have had three three 10 plus game losing streaks in the last two years and that's like 30 percent of the 10 plus losing streaks in their entire history so they've been around for 57 years or so now 56 years so like they're losing in a pretty incredible clip something that the organization is really not used to and I mean, so if you just think about it, like you should win a game in every 10. So to lose 10 straight is impressive. It's pretty special. <laughs> it's, it's a bad kind of special, but, um, but yeah. And, and I don't think it's for the lack of effort. You know, this team is really kind of showing us that they are who we thought they were. Um you know, they have no high-end skill. Yeah, they've had some injuries, but, you know, they have no one on this team who is even, like, I don't even want to say a superstar, but I'll just say high-end talent. Um, you know, a lot of guys who would probably be in the minor leagues on other teams, and that's, you know, really kind of showing. But it's not for lack of effort, and the, and the coach says that on a nightly basis. Um, just not enough skill on this team to win consistently. Um, yeah, they're going to stay in games for the rest of the year just because they do work so hard and they do a lot of things right. Um, but they're just not going to get the goal scoring. Um, and that's, I think, what we're going to kind of have to get used to, unfortunately. Yeah, I think the skill thing, and again, just a reminder for everybody, hockey, moron right here. Um, but I think the skill thing shows up in the power play a lot. Like where with the man advantage, you should be able to kind of exploit some 
you know, exploit that man advantage against the other team, but they like can't because of the skill gap that they have. So, and, and you mentioned the injuries. I think this is actually a stat that's a, a few days old. I, I think four or five days old. I think the Flyers have played a game or two since. So this was probably go up. They've lost 162 games to injury this year, which yeah. is, I think, the second most in the league, which is wild that there have been people and teams with more lost games to injury than 162. They've lost two seasons <laughs> worth of uh, games already this year. Yeah, I mean, that's you look at the, the guys who have been injured. So Ryan Ellis, who hasn't played a game, you know, since since I don't even remember. That was uh, he played four games total last year at the beginning of the season. Hasn't played a game since Sean Couturier went out, um, you know, partway through the year last year. Hasn't played since Cam Atkinson's missed a bunch. Uh, Lawton missed a bunch. Konechny missed a bunch. And those are, you know, those are your top end guys. Um, Wade Allison's another another guy that they were going to lean on heavily this year. Um, I think Owen Tippett even even missed a couple. So you know, these guys when they're when they're out of the lineup, it really shows because going into the year they were they were supposed to be part of the puzzle, right? To kind of you know provide some type of spark and some type of life to this offense. So when they're when they're not in the lineup, you know, it really hurts. Um, and as, as far as Cam Atkinson goes, he was cleared to play yesterday, I think, yesterday or the day before, and he remains out of the lineup. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, I guess he feels comfortable, but um, he wants a few extra days to kind of kind of get ready before they stick him in the lineup. But kind of showing that he was medically cleared and he doesn't seem to want to play, kind of an interesting situation there. I did see uh, when I went through and looked up all the uh, different uh, people out with injury. They did uh, the, the report I saw said Wade Allison and Cam Atkinson targeted to return on twelve seven. So okay. I don't know if, like you said, if there is a reason for that. If they were hoping to bring them back against the Caps, a little easier game than the as opposed to the Avalanche here. But uh, yeah, the Capitals have some issue, uh, injury issues of their own, so. They're missing um, Backstrom. He's one of their one of their key pieces. Yeah. So, what do you guys make a kind of a surprising start that the Flyers got off to? And then, you know, coming back to earth, obviously, to <laughs> like you said, Troy, what what we thought they were. But what do you what did you make of the start? Where did that come from? Were they just in the right spots at the right time for you know twelve games or whatever it was? Yeah. Well. So I'm not big into the whole, you know, advanced, advanced analytics and all this expected goals for and all these crazy things that go on. Um, But I did read an article where they kind of broke down the first 10 10 plus games of the season where the Flyers were actually pretty good. Um, So a few things they were getting incredible goaltending. Carter Hart was standing on his head, you know, night after night, Um, but they weren't possessing the, the puck much. So they were giving up a lot of chances and then they were very opportunistic on their own chances. So, you know, you, as you recall, they were getting outshot night after night, but they would score by wide margins. too. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the advanced statistics shows that they were giving up high quality scoring chances that that's part of your expected goals against. Whereas, you know, they were not generating high-quality chances, but Carter Hart was stopping the high-quality chances for the other teams. So that played into it a bit. And, you know, we had a lot of young players come out 
um, kind of make their de- debuts. They had a lot to prove. They still have a lot to prove, um, especially playing for a new coach. I think the way that training camp was run, these players were in better shape. They were very motivated. Um, you know, they kind of came out of the gates. They had a lot more to play for than, you know, say some of your more established players who kind of take a couple weeks to get into the swing of things. They're not, you know, going through the ringer in training camp. Um, so I think the Flyers came out, you know, a, a couple steps ahead of other teams and could kind of squeak out some of those wins, which I think gave a lot of people, you know, some glimmers of false hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, you see, you know, your mainstays who got off to slower starts, like Tampa started out pretty slow. Now they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, so I think it's just, you know, the Flyers came out with that hot start. They were motivated. They were in great shape. Um, you know, stole a couple wins here and there. And now, you know, we're kind of seeing that skill gap that, that is, that is present. So. So what's the fix going forward? It's obviously not like a, 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 it's not getting fixed this year. I would, I would guess probably not even next year. I mean, what's the the fix for the future? If you, if you look back at interviews from the end of last season and beginning of this season with the owner of the team and the GM, they were firmly, you know, said that they were, you know, two to three key pieces away from a championship team. They went out and made no additions. Um, and they kind of lied to the fan base in a sense. Um, and that kind of falls on the GM. So I don't think the public opinion of Chuck Fletcher is too high right now. Um, so to kind of give it a, a quick fix is, isn't really going to happen. So, I mean, they're going to try, have to try to build up some type of, you know, some type of value in the draft, either, you know, go in and trade a couple, trade for a couple, uh, couple gunners there and hopefully one of your picks pans out. Um, obviously they're probably going to have one of the you know best uh, 10 picks in the draft this year. So they got to spend it wisely. And I'm, I would say probably there's, they're two to three years down the road from being a high contending playoff team at, at least. How is the cap situation? Uh, so it's pretty abysmal. They have a lot of money tied up in Kevin Hayes. Um, you know, they gave that deal to Tony, to Tony D'Angelo, Sean Couturier is on a huge deal. Um, so not a lot of cap space there. There's been rumblings that, you know, with the start that Kevin Hayes has had, you know, maybe someone would kind of take a flyer on him and, you know, a contender that needs a, a depth centerman, you know, because on a good team, Sean Couturier is a third line center, a very solid player, um, but he's not a top line center on a good team. And unfortunately, he's making, you know, close to top center money. Um, so there's a bit of an issue there. But cap is pretty, it's it's pretty tight. Um, a lot of that falls on Chuck Fletcher, who I don't think they give him another offseason to build this team. I think he had his shot. Um, you know, he kind of, um, you know, messed around a little bit and I think the team is in a worse place than when he took over. So I, I think he gets, I think he gets ousted here. Um, They made the investment in John Tortorella to coach the team. And, you know, I think John Tortorella does not see eye to eye with him. Um, You know, he's kind of doing his best to see what pieces might fit into his system moving forward and what pieces might not. That's why it's so important for the current players now to stay focused and, 
you know, compete on a night after night basis because they have to prove to John Tortorella, who I think is going to have more of a say on this team moving forward. Um, but yeah, I think they move on from Chuck Fletcher and they, you know, search for the next person to hopefully start this rebuild. Um, you know, and like Hunter said, I think we're two <clears throat> years from being relevant in a, in a playoff position, not even like a ceiling cup contender. That's probably like six years. But we, the thing about the, the whole two to three years is the joke around the Flyers, you know, fan base is that we've been saying two to three years for the past 10 years, right? So ever since they made their cup run in 2010, it's like, ah, we're, you know, two, two years away and just one, one uh, solid player away from making a good cup run. And it really hasn't, you know, been close in the past decade, but at least Tortorella is. I, think mo- I will say, I think most sports fan bases would be like that. They're like, come on, we just need the piece. Right. So yeah. I, I wouldn't bang too hard on, on yourselves as Flyers fans. And, you know, as a new Flyers fan, I, I realize we're, we're not two, two to three from the, the cup run, obviously. But uh, I think most, uh, most fan bases in most sports would, uh, you'd get that more often than not. Yeah. And I was just, I just pulled up some contracts. A couple of the guys you mentioned, Kevin Hayes is locked up till 25-26, and Couturier is locked up to 29-30, but the bulk of where his base salary and his bonus are coming in his cap hit, I mean, his cap hit's the same all the way. Up right. to 30. He's got a bigger base early, but the cap hit stays the same. So He may never, like, it's not talked about, but he may never play again. Like, he's turning 30, I think. Actually, I think his birthday is like a week before me or something. It's like the 12th of December. Um, he's turning 30 as well. Obviously, our, our careers made a, a slightly different turn probably early <laughs> on. Um, but, you know, it's not talk- – he's 30 years old. He has a lot of miles on him. He's dealing whatever is going on in his back. You may We may never see him again. Yeah, him and, him and Kevin Hayes have both had major surgeries within the past two years. Uh, Couturier's had two on his back. I think Hayes has had one on his back and then one on his abdomen or maybe, two, maybe even two on his abdomen. But yeah, they've, they've both undergone major surgeries in the past, past two years, which is concerning. And then you get, and then you shell out, you know, $8 million a year for these guys. And it's like, you, you're tying up all that cash into, you know, a lemon. Not good. Not good. So, you know, so, you know, we don't have to get into it too much because it's always kind of beating a dead horse with these guys, but you know, I kind of am, am viewing this team a little different than years past. Obviously, we know that, you know, we're not making the playoffs. Um, that's fine. I still enjoy watching games, and I, I kind of view it now a little bit differently. You know, this team, at least we, you know, we see them most nights come out, and they put forward a consistent effort. And if they do that, you know, there's going to be games like tonight where they're leading 3-1 halfway through, right? That's all you kind of can ask for with this team. Um, have to kind of watch it with an open mind. If, you know, if a player stands out on a, on a particular night, say it's a Noah Cates or someone, um, you know, take that as, as a positive and hopefully, you know, he continues to progress. And then, you know, the final thing that, that keeps fans engaged, especially, you know, people who, you know, I would say kind of view things as an old time hockey type of fan, like, like Connor and I do is, you know, they're going out there and they're dropping the gloves. Um, so what that shows is they're yeah, two fights in eight seconds against the Islanders the other night, really got that game off. The yeah. Back. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're kind of putting that effort forward. Obviously if you're not 
into the game, you're not going to, you know, bare knuckle box with someone. So, you know, by dropping the gloves, it's showing that, you know, they're still going to show up on a nightly basis, put forward an effort. Um, you know, if, if games get out of hand, like the Penguins game, well, so be it. We're just going to, you know, punch you in the face a few times. So, you know, that's what you like to see as a fan. If your team's not very good, like these guys are. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we're at, you know, in another 20 games or so, hopefully, you know, can get a few wins, hopefully not too many. Um, still want to kind of be in that lottery discussion just because there are some, some very, you know, highly touted prospects in the lottery. So be interesting to see where we're at, you know, kind of come first of the year. Tortorella is always a uh, source of entertainment for this team. You never know what he's going to say during an intermission or during a post-game interview. Uh, I don't know if you've watched any of his post-game interviews, but he usually keeps them brief. And if the press is asking stupid questions, he lets them know. I think it was two nights ago, uh, a reporter asked him, he goes, you know, what'd you, what'd you think of the effort tonight? It was the game they played their ass off. And he was like, it thought the effort was great. He was like, come on guys, you're asking me really stupid questions here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's done that a couple times. And, you know, so he's, he's entertaining to say the least. And I think the players listen to him and, uh, you know, he is the kind of the source of that effort. He, he at least gets them to go balls to the wall every night and they might not be the best uh, skilled team, but, you know, at least they keep it somewhat competitive. And like Troy said, if they're, you know, if they're getting beat, they're getting beat by two, three goals. They're gonna, they're gonna make it pay and get in fights and make it scrappy and keep it, keep it somewhat entertaining. Yeah, he just needs to look out for those uh, horse hooves to the face. Oh yeah, <laughs> that did not look pretty. Another so, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think of the the rest of the uh, the NHL? <clears throat> Obviously, kind of the two teams off and running to the start of the year. One of them, a, a great surprise, the uh, the New Jersey Devils, and then the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference both have 20 wins already. Uh, yeah. Western Conference is a little more bunched up, but um, the Devils are mind-blowing. I mean, they played the, the Flyers early in the year, and Flyers are one of those four losses, and it was kind of like, oh, these teams both sucked this year. And then all of a sudden, the Devils go ripping games off left and right. Yeah, they've been, they've been on a tear lately, um, which is kind of – you know, strange to see because the Devils that really haven't been that good for the past you know three four years. Um, but uh, Jack Hughes there, he's showing that he is the player that they thought he was. Uh, he's turned out to be a star in this league. Um, and same, you know, same with Boston. They've got uh, Patrice Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Pasternak, uh, really tying things together there. And I think both of those teams, if they can hold together, are going to be real contenders. But I mean, my picks going into the year. Uh, out of the East, I had the Rangers, and out of the West, I had Calgary. Both of those teams kind of started out a little bit slow, and they've kind of been mediocre throughout the year. I think the Rangers right now, where they sit, are either just in or just outside of the wild card. Um, didn't get a chance to look at the standings before tonight, but... Uh, uh, just a quick guess. It looks like they're going to be just outside. Yeah, so I think, you know, Calgary's in that same spot, but... Um, you know, Calgary shelled out a lot of money to Jonathan Huberdeau, um, made that trade, brought him in, signed him to a big contract. He was a huge name down in Florida. Um, and the Rangers, you know, after their strong season last year, they didn't really lose any pieces. Um, so I was looking for them to have another strong year. But uh, maybe they can turn it around. Uh, you know, we're a quarter of the way through the season, just over a quarter of the way. You know, hopefully these, uh, you know, maybe these teams can, 
can make a change and pick it up a little bit going into uh, the end of the first half. Yeah, so I believe the stat is somewhere around like 70% if you are in the playoff picture. Well, since the since the new playoff format was enacted, if you're if you're in a playoff spot come Thanksgiving time, I think it's like 70% of those teams make the playoffs. Wow. So so yeah, so it shows, you know, important to get off to that good start and that, you know, was it 12 or 13 games the Devils ripped off? 13. Like that's so that's so many points in a row that, you know, you're kind of padding that lead where, you know, it was very surprising. But, you know, those 13 games can kind of propel you the rest of the way. Well, yeah, they are eight games up on second place. The the Hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's there's a a lot of games left, but it's, it's so much to make up. So, you know, playoff picture can kind of jockey a little bit, but usually the teams you see you know, in the playoff picture this time of year or, you know, some combination of what you'll see come, come April. So um, it'll be an interesting rest of the way here. Um, and have the, have the Bruins lost at home yet? Oh, gosh, now you're asking me to get deep here. I don't know if I've got advanced statistics for you, H man. Oh, geez. Yeah, they were, I, you know, they were, they were going on an absolute rip at home. Hadn't lost a game. I think as of, you know, day or two ago they still hadn't lost at home which is impressive correct they have not lost the game at home Hmm. all three losses came on the road senators all three of maple leafs and then the panthers so yeah a rough loss to the senators one of the one of the few teams in the league that uh has a comparable uh has the same amount of points as the flyers so yeah that's tough to see um obviously Giroux getting treated to to Ottawa, you'd like to see him excel. Um, I thought the Senators would be better than they are right now. Uh, they're one of the bottom teams in the league. Drew's having an okay year. I think he's, he's still point, almost yeah, point, point, point per game. game. Point per game, but you know the, the Senators out, added Alex to break it too from Chicago. He was uh, he was pretty decent in Chicago, but I think they're they're without one of their uh, top end guys, Josh Norris. I think they're missing him. He's on injured reserve for. I'm not quite sure what it is, but um, you know maybe they can get him back and later in the later in the year. Everything okay over there? Yeah, why? <laughs> there was just a big loud noise. Somebody like dragging something across the table or something came through. No, uh-huh. Troy was moving the phone. Well, I think we I think we've got the Flyers the Flyers update wrapped up here for today. Anything else going on? You guys. Uh, Fly Eagles fly. Uh, must be uh, must be ringing ringing about the uh, the Gordon households a bunch. I would have to imagine. Yeah, I'm traveling uh, traveling down to the game on Sunday. So they're at the at the Meadowlands take on the Giants. Well, good save there, Carter Hart. Really good save. Yeah, that should be uh, that should be a good one for you, H man. Yeah, I just saw some tweet um, today. Uh, one of the Eagles fan accounts I follow, I guess all of the bus or there's a lot of bus services down in Philly that shuttle fans to away games and they've like all sold out of tickets and they have, you know, 10 plus buses full of Eagles fans going to the game on Sunday. So there should be a decent amount of, uh, of green at this game. All of which I'm sure will be quite sober too. So, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Well, anything else you guys want to toss in before we wrap this one up? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, we're we're I ending the the second period here. I think three minutes left. Flyers are still holding on to that lead. Good save on a breakaway, Carter Hart. So you know, maybe twenty miles, twenty more smiles for this team if if we can <laughs> pull this out. Yeah, well, uh, I'll I'll probably you know I'm obviously going to be recording a little bit more tonight. So hopefully at the I can just toss a little addendum in right at the end of this to to update on whether or not they uh, came away with the win or not. So. Well, gentlemen, T-Man, H-Man, appreciate you guys coming on as always. We'll, uh, we'll have to follow back up again sometime after the new year and, and just kind of see what we're working with maybe in February or March and see if something – oh, almost oh, – hang on, almost scored again there. Um, but, yeah, follow up again in February or March and, and see, uh, see, how, uh, see how things are playing out then. All right. Got to check the odds here on the Avalanche. Might be worth a little sprinkle for the end game. <laughs> just a little sprinkle <laughs> all right later all right, gentlemen well again appreciate uh, you coming on and we'll talk again soon all right catch you later one okay so the packers won we're gonna talk about the green bay packers by the way they won a game surprising five and eight on the year they were down 16 to three in the second quarter and then decided they needed to rally a uh christian watson touchdown Near the uh, end of the first half, gets the Packers back in it, and then they don't give up a, and they give up one field goal in the third quarter, and that's it. And then they scored uh, two touchdowns in the in the fourth with a Mason Crosby field goal uh, mixed in there. They're so good at this whole thing that even when losing's good, they can't find a way to do that. Wins can be losses, and losses can be wins this time of year, especially if you're five and eight on the outside looking into the playoffs. So, I mean, what they got to do is they got to just either win out or lose out. Like, there, there can't be any in between. It can't be like go two and two. Like, that's the worst case scenario is they go two and two for the rest of the year. One and three, not great. Oh and four, great. Four and oh, okay. Two and two, quite bad. Three and one, worst case scenario. Now, here's the problem. Is they're set up to go two and two. Host the Ra- I think they host the Rams on Monday Night Football. They don't play next week. They're off. The late. The late bye week. They and the Falcons, Bears, Colts, Saints, and Commanders all have the last bye week of the year. Yeah, then next week, Monday Night Football. Or two weeks. And they just uh, flexed in a bunch of games to Saturday. Hell to the yeah. Saturday NFL football. Gotta love it. But yeah, so they host the Rams in two weeks. Monday night football. Very winnable game. They head to Miami on Christmas Day. Unlikely that that's winnable. But hey, you never know. Like, it's a weird situation. Christmas Day game. Probably not winning, but uh, stranger things have happened, right? Host the Vikings on New Year's Day. Which is going to be interesting. Does Penn Penn State play New Year's Day? We'll get to there. We'll get to that later in the show. Um, But host the Vikings on New Year's Day. I don't see them winning that game. So that's the problem. There's There's the real problem. And then host the Lions. Hey, they got beat by the Lions earlier, but again, it's a winnable game. 
there's a it's two and two staring you in the face right there to finish seven and ten and have a middle of the first round draft pick that you have to give up a ton of capital to go up. And I get oh god, they're gonna get to a draft pick where they're just gonna trade back. They're gonna trade, they'll probably trade right out of the first round. Hey, maybe that's not a terrible idea. But yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say really. I mean, what's there to say at this point? Uh, there's an I think the guy. I think I saw they went from like having like a one percent chance to make the playoffs up to like an eleven percent. So Rodgers is playing on Monday Night Football against the Rams. I don't think there was a chance in hell he wasn't going to play against the Bears. He loves beating the Bears. I guess if we had to win a game coming down the stretch, at least beat the Bears, right? I, mean, I guess I guess that's the the silver lining. So, yeah, uh, I mean, the main thing, uh, the, the biggest takeaway is Christian Watson's a fucking stud. It's four games now, eight touchdowns in the last four games. He had three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown, and then a big run for 46 yards that he took to the house to basically ice the game. I mean, the dude's, it, gosh, if he progresses at all, it'll be awesome. So, hey, maybe there's positives going forward, and then, you know, Dobbs, Maybe Dobbs can get back. So who knows what we're going to do is we're going to roll right on through the rest of the, the NFL week 13 in the NFL. I just wrote down some, some games. I thought of teams that were good teams that had big wins and big moments. And then kind of one team, maybe that uh, really made a big moment for themselves. Big wins for the Eagles. Huge win over the Titans. Dismantled the Titans. What a what a great win for them. 35-10, in control, no doubter. Another pretty much no doubter. Bills, 24-10 win over the Patriots. They lead 17-7 on halftime of the Thursday night game. I didn't see the rest of that. Uh, but just, you know, take it right to them. Vikings get a, I mean, not a big win, but a good win. Against the Jets. The Jets have been better than, you know, everybody's expectations. Still 7-5. and five. They hung around in that game. They got quarterback issues is the problem. Got down early. I mean, it was 20-6 to six going into halftime. Yeah, big second quarter. Big second quarter. Third quarter, though, they got a couple of field goals, another field goal to start it off, and then kind of a late bullshit one. So pretty good win for the Vikings. Biggest, no, no, nope, I take that back. I've already got something else labeled as the biggest win of the weekend, so I can't have two biggest wins of the weekend. Second biggest win of the weekend. This maybe should be the biggest win of the weekend, though. 49ers beat the Dolphins 33-17. to They're at home, granted, so now both teams go to 8-4. and four. The 49ers, their quarterback is Purdy. Who's Purdy? What's Purdy's name? Do you know Purdy's name? Because I didn't know Purdy's name. So they're using a, a backup backup quarterback because Jimmy G was their their backup. It's Brock Purdy, right? Yeah, now I got to Yeah, Brock Purdy. Okay, I want to make sure. I was going to start talking about him, and then I was like, uh-oh. You better know what the hell you're, you're talking about. Yeah, Brock Purdy. Throws for 210 yards, two touchdowns. Did get an inter- throw an interception, get sacked. But I mean, when you got dudes like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk around you, it makes it makes things a lot easier. What a day for McCaffrey! 
66 yards on the ground. 80 yards, eight receptions, 80 yards through the air. What a stud. What an absolute stud. No, but the biggest win of the weekend, I said, was the Cincinnati Bengals in their third straight win over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, who I think I had said is probably the best team in the league. And now the Cincinnati Bengals, after starting 0-2, are tied for the NFC North Division lead. The Ravens snuck out a win. What's going on with Lamar Jackson? I forgot to look that up before I started talking. Um, but yeah, they're tied atop that division. Just the, the biggest win. I mean, they just got the, right now, they got the Chiefs number. Injury not, knee injury not season ending. Okay, week to week following number for Lamar. But yeah, the Bengals, three in a row. And big nuts from Burrow. After Travis Kelsey fumbles late, Burrow goes 6-7 for 53 yards and leading the Bengals down the field for the touchdown. He threw the pass to uh, Chris Evans. No, not the not Captain America, Chris Evans. They're back up running back, apparently. With uh, about nine minutes left. So, that was a, a big moment. And then the defense finished it off for him. So, uh, the Bengals, biggest winners of the weekend in my book. Though you can't knock the Cowboys and what they did in the fourth quarter last night. I woke up this morning. Didn't why I was watching the game at night, first half or so. Might even got into the third. I think I got into the third before I finally fell asleep. And then I looked at the score this morning. I'm like, excuse me? What happened? They scored 33 points in the fourth quarter? 30? Three points in the fourth quarter. I saw something. It's only like the 10th time. I could be totally making that number up. That they've scored. A team has scored that many points in the fourth quarter. That was just stupid. In a different way. Something that was stupid. Commanders and Giants. They tied. That's stupid. We got to get rid of ties somehow. I don't know how. There's probably not a good way. Maybe just go back to playing 15-minute overtimes a little more time. I don't know. I just don't like ties. It's stupid. Ties are dumb. Gosh, I always forget. Lamar Jackson is really young. He's only 25 still. He came into the league in 2018. Was 18 his first year? Was 19 actually his first year? So I'm looking at this. No, 18. 2018 was his first year. Son of a bitch. He would have been 21 in his first year in the NFL. How about that? That's crazy. I always forget that. Yeah, but ties. We got to do something about ties. Uh, Monday night football coming up later this evening. Bucks and Saints. That's an important game in divisional race. As wild as that sounds. So as we kind of move to talking to the standings in the playoff picture, that division is a gong show. I mean, gosh, without the Vikings, the NFC North is pretty bad too. Good Lord. But yeah, so the Bucs at five and six, at five and six, lead the division. Second in the division are the Falcons at five and eight. Five and eight. Falcons are off this week as well. 
this coming week. Five and eight is second. The Saints are four and eight, and if they win, they're going to move to second. So that game matters. That game matters a lot for the playoffs. So over in the AFC, it's tightening, tightening. The Raiders had a big win over the Chargers to keep themselves in the hunt. So current division leaders, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans. Bengals are the first team in the wild card. They're tied with the Ravens right now. Dolphins, Jets, so three from the AFC East. And then a fourth AFC East team is the New England Patriots. Then the Chargers, who just lost to the Raiders. The Raiders. Then the Browns with Deshaun Watson back. Maybe he can stop touching people, and he might be able to play out the rest of the year. Steelers, 5-7, and right there. Watching some games at lunch with my brother, and he's like, why are the Steelers trying to win? I'm like, because they can still make the playoffs. It's crazy, as it seems. So, so yeah, I mean, there's... There are one, two, three, four, five teams not in the playoffs that still have a decent chance to pull it off. Now, when you go over the NFC, I think it's a little smaller window. Division leaders, Eagles, Vikings, those divisions are wrapped up. Niners, they uh, have a little bit of a competitive division. Bucks, obviously, we just talked about that. Wild card, Cowboys, Giants, and then the Seahawks. The Seahawks have jumped in and uh, broken up the NFC East playoff party. But then the Commanders sit there at 7-5-1 and one right outside. Then you get the Lions at 5-7, and seven, the Falcons at 5-8, and eight, and the Packers at 5-8. and eight. It's hard to imagine those 5-8 and eight teams. Oh, God, it's hard to imagine that that's actually doable. But who knows? You know. Seahawks could start losing games. Giants could start losing games. Commanders, I mean, that those teams have to essentially, you know, lose the majority. Not essentially, they have to lose the majority of the, the rest of their games. So very interesting. I think you're gonna I think it's gonna be Commanders or Seahawks. I just don't think those the five and seven Lions and then the five and eight Falcons and Packers, even if they went out to get to nine and eight, two and th- you'd have you'd need both. The Seahawks to go two and three. And then the Commanders. God, Jesus, there's a tie. This is why ties are stupid. The Giants have a tie, too. Now I don't know how. Now I don't know how to calculate the fucking oh, standings. God, I hate ties. We got to do away with fucking ties. No more ties. No more ties. Okay, I'll give you a quick fantasy update. Uh, got a win in my ESPN league. That's my uh, largest keeper league. Uh, I need, I'm going to move into a tie for first this week, I believe. It's going to be a three-way tie for first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's going to be a three-way tie for first. So I need Alvin Kamara to score like 16 points tonight to get me ahead of, to get me into the second place position. Looking for that bye. I am, yeah, because I'm currently... The other guy is going to be in second. I'm currently outscoring him by two points. So I need to. Uh, oh, no, he's not going to be in second. He's going to be nine, four. I'll be 10 and three. But I'm not going to catch the guy with first. He's outscoring me by about 100 points. He's blowing the rest of the league away. I mean, I have the second most points scored. That guy's got 100 more points scored than me. 
Um, one of my Yahoo leagues, just a straight up league, new teams every year. I'm doing well. Another good week. As long as the Tampa Bay defense and Ryan Suckup, the camp kicker for Tampa Bay, don't lose me points. I'm up by two points in that game. I'm in third, third place in most points scored there. Uh, a full 140 points behind, behind first and a good, like 80 behind second, third, uh, most points scored. And I'm seven and five. I'm going to move up to eight and five, hopefully, hopefully. And, uh, you know, find myself in the playoffs there. And then oh, my, my other keeper league with the smallest amount of keeping just two. I'm terrible. Just absolutely awful. I scored 50. Oh no. I still got Brady and the bucks defense, but I only have 55 points right now. It's pathetic. I have the least amount of points scored in the league. Five and seven. Somehow I won five games. That's incredible. It's not even close. I have I've got like who's next closest and least points scored? Two twelve twenty four, like seventy five points away. Oh God, just absolute debacle. Okay, well that's all I got for the NFL and fantasy and the Packers this week. So uh, the NFL beauty thing about it is it just keeps on trucking. Okay, I'm all set in this uh, this Monday night game. Saints are up fourteen to uh, thirteen to three. Rather, it just—I don't know—it's an ugly game. Uh, I will say I'm getting nothing, absolutely nothing, from Alvin Kamara. Four and a half points. He's got nineteen yards on the ground, maybe a reception or two. Just nothing, nothing. And what am I getting? Well, Suckup's got me three points. Tampa Bay D's got me five. You mean hopefully New Orleans can't keep scoring can't keep scoring much more because <laughs> I don't think they can, but hopefully they can't. So, and yeah, and uh, you know, like we were talking earlier when I was recording with the Gordon brothers, the Flyers pulled it out. The Flyers with a good win over the Colorado Avalanche, five three. A lot of goals in the uh, the third period. A lot of goals, lots of goals. Uh, Tippett started off in the third, and then. Uh, Ratanan and new hook and then a uh an empty netter to uh to finish the night off five three they tried to uh they tried to let it go but yeah so Monday night football we're uh we're at the end of the third it's 13 to three I'm calling it Flyers pick up a big win tonight we're gonna we're gonna go to bed on a good note and just uh I don't know pray somehow that I get 10 to 12 more points from Alvin Kamara somehow some way so that's all that's all for the Monday Night Football addendum. Let's head over to the college football ranks. We're going to start with Clarkie's Corner. Not the last Clarkie's Corner of the year, but we're nearing the end. The final of the, you know, I mean, I guess it's not even regular season, but we'll call it regular season, whatever. So Clarkie this week, let's recap. He liked LSU plus 17 and a half against Georgia. I, like I have been all year, decided to ride with Georgia one more time, and they did not let me down. That was a 50-30 to 30 win for Georgia. Old Walls with the win there. Clarkie liked Tulane to beat UCF. I believe they also covered the spread as well because they went 45-28 victory for them, so I picked up a win there. Uh, tailed Clarkie on Michigan, minus 16. They rallied late to do that, 43-22. I rolled with North Carolina. More on them sucking later. 
against Clemson, uh, minus seven and a half. That did not work out for me. 39-10, Clemson win, Clarkie covered. And then Clarkie liked Kansas State in the upset special in the Big 12 title game, and I rode with TCU, and that quarterback from TCU tried to will me to victory, but it could not be done. Clarkie goes 4-1 and one on the week. Old Walls goes 3-2. and two. That brings the yearly standings to Clarkie 36-23-2. and two. Old Walls 34-24-2. and two. I have one less game by my count in that, right? Yes, one less game somehow, some way. Don't know how, but uh, I'm not going to be able to catch him in wins now. Um, he did let me know he's going to take Navy this week. It's a I saw it listed as point uh, a minus Army as minus zero point five favorites, so it's a pick 'em. Um, but I just thought it was weird to see minus zero point five. Um, so I'll roll with Army. Why not go Army? Beat Navy. Uh, conference championships. So that was this week. College football, smaller slate uh, mentioned. Kansas State ruins TCU's uh, dreams of being the Big Twelve champs, but in the end, it didn't matter at all. TCU stays the number third ranked team in the in the college football playoff, and they will head to the playoffs and play Michigan. So you know, uh, hell of a game though. The TCU quarterback. In the fourth quarter, when he, he peeled off that big run and then the other run to get him in the end zone, and it looked like he was going to die on the field. High drama, I'll tell you what. High drama. Fun game. Caught the end of it. Good game. Um, uh, speaking of teams ruining other teams' playoffs, Utah really ruins USC's playoffs hopes. Uh, USC got out 17-3. to 17-3 lead in the second quarter and then got outscored 44-7 from there on. 44-7. That's a lot. That's a lot to a little. Not good. Oofta, 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 USC. Um, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, no issues there. They all kind of handle business. Um, so you, you get what you get there. Before we move on to kind of the, the college football playoff matchups and the bowls, the big six bowls, the New York six bowls, Neon Dion, Dion Sanders heading to Colorado. Leaves was it Jackson? Was it Jacksonville State or Jackson State? I always forget. But he's leaving there and he's heading to Colorado. Moving on up, as they say. Be interesting to see how he does. Uh, it's it will be interesting. I, I think it'll be interesting. Like he can recruit like studs to the college he was at. God, now now it's gonna annoy me. I'm gonna sound like an idiot if I don't know. So what was it? Jackson State? Oh gosh. Bear with me. Bear with me. Doing it live here. Doing it live. He was Jackson State. Okay, I thought it was Jackson State. So, yeah, he could bring in studs down to Jackson State, and then, like, the talent gap is huge. Like, you bring studs into Colorado, it's a little different. Like, the talent gap's not going to be as big. They're in the Pac-12, or what's left of the Pac-12, you know. Um, I think they have one more year with USC and UCLA. But still, like, there's Washington out there, Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, Cal, Arizona State, Stanford, they have good teams. Like, it's a, I mean, Jesus, 1-8, and 1-11 this year. Eee, oofta. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that whole thing goes. 
All right. So so elsewhere, back to the playoffs and the bowls. So the the national championship games, those are set. Let me and we were looking, we were talking about when the schedule is cuz Sunday's January 1st. Does that push the New Year's bowls around that? The they're going to do New Year's Eve for the yeah, New Year's Eve for the uh for the playoff games again. They like that December 31st uh, for those. So Michigan and TCU, Michigan is a minus eight point favorite. And then that's in the Fiesta Bowl. That'll be in Arizona. And then the Peach Bowl, that's uh, Georgia. God, get a home game for that. Nice for them. Uh, Georgia will play host essentially to Ohio State. That's a six and a half point favorite. Okay, so yeah, so the New Year's Day Bowls actually get moved out to Monday, January 2nd. Nice. I don't have to try and balance. I was going to say, I don't think I ever remember them playing the same as, as football, um, as NFL football. So Orange Bowl is, though, Orange Bowl is back on the 30th. Just do the New Year's Six Bowls here that are not any of them on New Year's. Uh, Orange Bowl, Tennessee, Clemson, that's on the 30th. Clemson, four-and-a-half-point favorite there. Interesting. Uh, Sugar Bowl, also on the 31st. That's Alabama and Kansas State. Kansas State, congrats for winning the Big 12. You get Alabama. Bama's a five-and-a-half-point favorite there. Cotton Bowl on Monday, January 2nd. USC and Tulane. And then one of the big winners from all of this, uh, Penn State gets to play in the Rose Bowl now, and they play Utah. So I think that's uh, still a winnable game for them. I'm not seeing a line on that yet, but... They get to play in the Rose Bowl. I mean, always good to play in the Rose Bowl. Results in the Rose Bowl, since, you know, I can remember, not great. A couple of losses to USC that haven't been fun. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that. So, yeah. That's uh, that's all I got for college football. Ooh, keep it uh, keep it in your minds. Looking forward. I think we're going to do, Clarky and I are going to do for Clarky's Corner for the bowl games. We're going to do a, a confidence picks pool. Might even open that up a little bit, but Clarky and I will compete in the confidence picks pool to determine the ultimate winner. Maybe we'll have to figure. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to weigh that back against the whole regular season and everything. So, but we're gonna do something around confidence picks for the bowl games. Okay, that's all we got for football. Well, you know who sucks? North Carolina. They really suck. It's bad. It's gotten very bad. They've lost again. They've lost again. They've lost twice since we last spoke. They had dropped uh, the two games in the Phil Knight Invitational thing. Now they've dropped two more. Lost to Indiana. Went to Assembly Hall. That place was popping. Popping. That place, what an atmosphere they had going on. I'd love to go to a... uh, Love to go to a game there sometime. That seems like a cool place to go see a basketball game. Problem was, North Carolina followed that up by losing to Indiana. Or sorry, but not they already lost in the end. By losing to Virginia Tech. 80-72. to So I've had issues. I've pointed these issues out all year. I was worried. I was worried this was going to happen. Some of the issues I had, I thought there was only two or th- only three people that were going to score. 
I guess Nance has scored some in these last two games. I'm still not impressed with him. Baycott, I didn't even play against uh, Virginia Tech, I don't believe. Let me double check my that I was right there. I, I, I watched the game. He didn't play, right? No, he did not play. So they lack scoring options. And now, in these last two games, they scored 65 points against Indiana. Only 24 of them came in the paint. 72 points against Virginia Tech. Only 32 came in the paint. Now, I know the three is a very vital part of today's game. But so getting to the hole didn't go out of style. The mid-range, that shit's out of style. But getting to the hole and scoring layups and getting to the post, not necessarily post players the way they were, but, you know, getting layups, that shit ain't ever going to go out of style. And they're just not doing it. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about this team. They got Georgia Tech Saturday. And I don't know what they're going to do. Like, they got to beat Georgia Tech. And then they got the Citadel the following Tuesday. Got to come out of those games with two wins. Because then they got Ohio State and Michigan. And then they're into the, the bulk of the ACC schedule. But not good, man. Not good. Now, granted, we're a long way off. If they, you know, go on a run, figure shit out, get it together like they did last year, no one gives a shit about what happens in November and early December. Doesn't matter. So, I mean, I hate being right sometimes, but I think I'm right. I just don't think they're a good team. I don't I don't think they're catching lightning in a bottle again. And I think Pete Nance is a big step down from Brady Manic. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, did uh, do watch some Butler. The roommate is a uh, you know a Butler alum, so watch some Butler games here and there. They are so injured, so injured that Greg Oden, who's on their staff, because I think he's the director of basketball operations or something like that, because Thad Mata is the coach now. Greg Oden played for Thad Mata at Ohio State. That Greg Oden, Mister Injury Man himself. Is filling in in practice and like practicing with him. I just thought that was a, a wild twist of irony there. So, all right, that's all I got for college basketball. Fight game time. I told you guys there wasn't enough to talk about in a fight game last week, that there was just a chocolatito and Juan Francisco Estrada. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. I see. Let's start here. Let's start with Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. He was back. I forgot all about it because he was fighting Derek Chisora, the 13th ranked heavyweight. 13th ranked heavyweight. This fight, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I, I'm, I'm confused on where even to go. It, I don't know if... Tyson Fury was carrying him through the fight because I thought like after the first or second round I was like oh this thing's 
I thought after the first turn, like, oh, this isn't going to last long at all. He ends up getting a TKO in the 10th round. If I'm Chizora's corner, I stop that thing in, like, the 5th or 6th. But I'm I'm of the full belief that Tyson Fury was just fucking around, carrying Chizora. Chizora was taking a lot of punishment to get carried around just so they could put on a little bit of a show. Because if not, it was a very underwhelming performance from Tyson Fury. He he had multiple chances where it almost looked like he literally, like, Chizora was about to go down, and Fury, like, wrapped up with him. And it also looked like he let his foot off the gas a bunch, too. So, I don't know. I was, it was, it was bullshit. Like, it just, that's a fight that shouldn't happen. Like, why does it happen? There are plenty of people to have fought Fury and Derek Chisora. God. I don't know. Now, let's talk about some good fights, though. Chocolatito, Estrada 3. What a fight. What a fight. I've loved, I just loved it. It was a great fight, a little slow starting, kind of a little feeling out early. Not quite the firefight of their second fight. But you know what? It was awesome. It was awesome. It uh, it ends up being a majority decision uh, for Estrada. 114, 115, 113, then 116, 112. 114, 114, got no problem with that one. 115, 113 for Estrada, got no problem with that one. I scored at 115, 113 for Chocolatito. I thought from the probably sixth round on, he was really moving. I thought after the first couple rounds, he he was hitting better, cleaner shots. I thought Estrada was doing more, but I thought Chocolatito was more effective. But I have no problem with 115, 113 for Estrada. There were enough swing rounds in there. You start getting out to 116, 112, that seems to be a little much. Um, I don't know. So it doesn't seem like this this fight's been, uh, this, this you know, rivalry, trilogy, whatever it is, has been settled. The, the second fight, many people had Chocolatito winning, and Estrada got the nod in that one, too. So I don't think a fourth fight's out of the question. I'm all in for a fourth fight. The other, the other fight Saturday night over in the UFC, what a fight this was. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, he gets a TKO in round four, at the end of round four, over Kevin Holland. What a fucking fight this was. As good as Chocolatito and Estrada was, this one was crazier. Might have been a little more, you know, skill being shown as far as both ways and, you know, exchange of skill in the Chocolatito Estrada, but just straight up craziness that was going on in Kevin Holland and Steven Wonderboy Thompson's fight. Oh, my. After a, a crazy first round, the Wonder Boy looked like he was doing well, and then Holland rocks him. Holland's just throwing bombs, talking shit the whole time. And Wonder Boy is just putting on a striking performance of a lifetime. Just pure class of a striking performance. And the kicks. I mean, there was a point. I'm pretty sure he ripped off like six different kicks in a row. 
Like front kick, side kick, spin kick, spin kick from the left side. Spin kick. Like it was ridiculous. The dude's 40 and he just put in maybe one of his best performances ever. I think I saw a stat. This was the first time he was an underdog in a fight. Just wild. Just a great week. Just a great weekend of fights. Minus the Tyson Fury fight. Tyson Fury, fight Alexander Usyk or shut the fuck up. I'm sick. I'm retired. I'm unretired. This Dossa. Fuck you. Fight somebody. You literally beat Klitschko in a shit fight in 2015. And then you fought Deontay Wilder since. Who, while he has an absolute hammer of a right hand, lacks in the boxing skills. You don't get to run around saying you're one of the greatest of all time for beating one person three times. Beat somebody else. Somebody else that counts. Not fucking Dillian White, not Derek Chisora. Okay, moving forward, we got UFC 282 this weekend. Decent little card. I believe the Robbie Lawler fight got called off. <laughs> um, But I got some picks. I got my brother's picks. He likes Doug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. I'm not even trying that name. Nope, not happening. Not happening. Nope, yeah. whoever Bryce Mitchell's fighting, just look it up. Uh, he likes Jerikas Duplessis to beat Darren Till. No Robbie Lawler. He likes Patty Pimbleton to beat Jared Gordon. And then he likes Magomed. Yeah, we're just going with Magomed to beat Jan Blahovich. Okay, Magomed, I'll agree there. I'll take Patty. I'll take Darren Till because I'm not disagreeing with Bryce Mitchell either and I can't pronounce the other dude's name. So yeah, I'll take uh, Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell, Darren Till, Patty Pimbleton, and Magomed. There you have it, boys and gals. Time for my passing thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only taken a month, but it's finally been decided. All the midterm races finally got finished up on 12-2. 12-2. It literally took them a month to count fucking votes. So fucking stupid. So stupid. There's no way I'm ever going to believe that that's how it should have to be. Never. Never. It shouldn't have to be like that. It can get done in a timely fashion. And a month ain't the fucking time. Uh, Republicans, 222 in the House. 222 seats. Dems, 213. I believe I saw that as the exact reverse of what it was this past session. The Georgia runoff uh, is on December 6th when this episode will release. So we'll find out what the uh, the Senate race, all the Senate races will then be decided. Uh, Dems currently have a 50 to 49 advantage and essentially lock up that advantage for the next two years as the vice president is the deciding factor of any tie. So if they get 50-50, they still have the deciding factor. Just the more the merrier for them so they can avoid any, uh, you know, any Democratic senator who doesn't agree with something they're doing and votes against it with the Republicans, then they can outweigh that. Oh, this is kind of football-related, but kind of not, and I forgot to say it. So Ohio State had their cleats for the Ohio State-Michigan game were LeBron cleats. So we finally had LeBron versus MJ. I mean, is it any surprise who won? Is it any surprise? 
That team wearing the MJ beat that team wearing the Bron. Yeah, no, no doubt in my mind that that's how it was always going to happen. I mean, even the dudes wearing the cleats get beat by the dudes wearing the Jordans. Speaking of LeBron, this fucking asshole. I don't even know what the Jerry Jones thing is. I I, I, I looked at, he like stood, I think, I think, I, I've literally not looked into this at all. I, I've seen it in passing, like on the TV at the gym. I think he was like in a crowd protesting school integration, like back in the 50s. I think. Don't hold me to that. That seems to be what it was. Well, fucking LeBron's dumbass decides after practice or after a game, he's like, I don't know why nobody's asked me about Jerry Jones. You asked me about Kyrie Irving all the time. Yeah, because first of all, I don't know if you're aware of this dipshit, but Kyrie Irving plays the same sport as you. You were also a teammate of Kyrie Irving. Jerry Jones is known in the NFL. You play in the NBA. You got any other questions you want to get asked about dipshit? Maybe I'll ask you, maybe I should show up and I'll ask you, what's the farthest into any book you've ever got? Did you ever get past the first couple pages that you post for all the fucking pictures with? God. He's such a fucking dipshit. And he thinks he's smart. And people around him, I'm sure, tell him how fucking smart he is. Oh, LeBron, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. I don't lighter now. You guys remember, you guys, anybody ever had Elio's pizza? Elio's? How do you like your Elio's? That was good pizza. So I tweeted about it like 10 years ago when we were in college. We used to live on that shit back in college. Good friend of the program, Bucky Appley. He always likes to know, how do you like your Elios? He says he's perfected it. He said he's perfected it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I saw going through social media that San Francisco apparently voted on something. That they voted that police can now kill people with robots? I don't know what that was. Again, one of those things I didn't look into, but I saw that there was a vote. And it was like 8-3 or 7-4 or like 8-4 or something like that. Apparently, those eight people never watched fucking Terminator or Terminator 2 or Terminator 3 or Terminator Salvation or Terminator Genesis. I don't even... Genesis was one, right? Like, can we stop with the fucking robots, people? Terminator, go watch it. Study up. iRobot, not a bad investment there either. The robots gonna come get you. Wait, are the robots bad? No, they're really not as bad as you think. But one's really bad. Just watch Terminator. Terminator. Oh, I see this one batted around every so often. Uh, a football field that it's like a short par three. Like a real, like a pretty short par three. It's 120 yards back of the end zone to back of the end zone. But then when you look at a football field, you're like, holy shit, that's long. Just always crazy to me. Another thing I just saw in passing. I'm not, I didn't dig into anything too deep this week. I don't know. It just wasn't in one of those moods. But I saw in passing that the Pentagon fails an audit for the fifth year in a row, but still gets their full budget. 
And apparently the audit is to track weapons and money that they've been, you know, you know, given and handed out and things like that. And they can't do it. I don't know. That just seems that seems troublesome to me. I don't know. Seems like a not a good thing. Not something we'd want to promote. They shouldn't probably get more money if uh, if that's the case. Oh, here's a good question. Here's a good question. I've been thinking about this one. I've been looking into this one. If you were randomly dropped into a pro sporting event with your entire country's hopes and dreams on the line, would you most want to attempt a free throw, a penalty kick, a 25-yard field goal, or a six-foot putt? That was uh, Dylan Deathier on Twitter. At Dylan underscore Deathier. Free throw, penalty kick, 25-yard field goal, six-foot putt. So right away, I'm eliminating penalty kick and field goal. I can't kick shit. And then you're down to free throw and six-foot putt. Now, I've made both of those in situations that were, you know, competition-related. I've missed both of those in big situations that are competition-related. Most of those were high school competitions and or club championships at uh, little golf courses. So not a whole lot of uh, real-life countrywide pressure. But I think, I think I'm taking the free throw. You miss something like like the average amateur golfer only makes like 60 or 70% of six-footers to begin with. Like, sands the pressure. I think it's, I think I'd take the free throw. I'm sure that varies by everybody, but, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I think the free throw is the way to go, though. Uh, was, been catching up on a podcast, uh, a wrestling podcast on Spotify. Where is, oh gosh, now I've lost it. Oh, The Book of Wrestling by The Ringer. It's a Spotify original. I think it goes through the 25 catchphrases that explain, based off Bill Simmons' highly popular book. Oh, geez, too long. But yeah, he talks about, like, the Attitude Era, and, like, uh, one of the episodes is Die, Rocky, Die. talks about The Rock's formation. Uh, Suck It talks about DX. Brett Screwed Brett. Talks about the Montreal screw. Like, good stuff. Good stuff if you're a wrestling fan. Um, you know, if you're really into wrestling, you've probably seen all about it. If you're a little into wrestling, you've probably, you don't know as much about it. It's a little more informative. But it's really cool. Good interviews from, like, people who are in the events and, you know, took place in the stuff that happened. So, fun stuff. Uh, Home Alone. Watched Home Alone. It's the Christmas season now, of course. And I always laugh about the plane boarding sequence, how they just all go running onto the plane. Obviously, that movie came out in 1990, very different time in the world. And uh, but I just I get a chuckle every time they just go sprinting onto the plane and the lady working the gates just like, oh, yeah, just go find a seat. But Home Alone, what a great movie. What a great movie. I might have a Home Alone series hot take coming for you in the near future. Stay tuned for that. Uh, every so often, I get this, uh, 
this desire to just listen to the uh, the original Third Eye Blind album. And every time I do, I'm reminded that that album is just straight fire. Just straight fire. Start to finish. First song to last. It's just bringing the heat every time. Just a great CD. Check it out. Check it out sometime. Oh. And in old Wallace wide world of travel here. Was in uh, was in Battle Creek, Michigan. Stayed at a Hampton in there. Oh boy. Oh boy. Y- y- you just know sometimes you're driving into a place and you're like, oof, oof, this is gonna be rough. This is gonna be rough. Well, I pull in. This hotel's like back, back down a road, like back down a road, like you know you you say oh down there, like down that road. Not up the road, down the road. It's like back behind the like the back entrance to get into like a mall area. It's like the back entrance into the Sears at the one side of the mall. And literally, like right out my window was the was the highway. Like the whole night, I'm hearing. So I check in. I'm I'm, I'm checked in online, and I. Uh, I stop at the front desk because meeting some colleagues there. We want to go and get a nice meal. Well, I say to the lady, where can we go? You know, maybe a nice steak. Where can we get a nice steak? And her first, and I I always like when the first recommendation is a local place. I like to try the local flavor. So she's like, oh, Finley's. Got to try Finley's. It's a really great spot. Um, Another good place is we got Applebee's. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, we're in trouble now. The second recommendation for where to go get a good steak was Applebee's. Okay. So I'd gotten the sixer, you know, just was going to have a little sixer at the, at the hotel that day. We had to go over some stuff. So have a little sixer around to, you know, enjoy a few beverages while you do a little, a little work at the end of the night. So I need some ice because the fridge apparently They just shut it off, and then it's got a function to quick cool. I was like, this doesn't seem right. So I'm like, I'm just going to get some ice. So I walk down to where the ice thing should be. Not there. Get back to my room. I'm like, okay, I'll call. Well, the phone barely works. You have to stand right over. You have to hold the plug to make sure it stays plugged in. Call down. I'm like, uh, is your guy's ice machine Uh, not on this floor? Like, is there another one? Like, well, all our ice machines are broken. All? All the ice machines are broken. Okay. Guess I just used the uh, the quick cool function. Turned out it worked all right. So after dinner, I need a couple waters. Usually at the uh, the Hampton, you know, Hilton's those things. You get uh, you get a couple complimentary waters when you check in. I realized I didn't get those, so I called down. I'm like, hey, I never got my waters when I checked in. It would be all right if I came down and got those, or can I have someone bring it up? They're like, well, we don't have any water. Our truck, our truck didn't deliver it today. Like, what in the literal fuck is happening? What is happening at this place? It was interesting. It was interesting. All right, last thing I got here. So I uh, found some cinnamon rolls at this little, uh, I guess they're maybe Mennonite, a little Mennonite bakery not far from where I live. And they're very delicious. They're very delicious. And the roommate makes fantastic cinnamon rolls. Fantastic. Fantastic 
cinnamon rolls. But I don't know if there's a better cinnamon roll. The roommates might be. The roommates might be better. They probably are better. I should probably just say they're better regardless. But that's not what I'm doing here. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm too bullheaded to do that. But as far as cinnamon rolls go, it is hard, hard to beat Cinnabon. There's not a much better cinnamon roll than a Cinnabon cinnamon roll. So that's where I'm going to leave you on my passing thoughts. That Cinnabon cinnamon rolls are damn near impossible to beat. Closing time, everybody. Let's get this thing wrapped up. As always, big thanks to all the listeners. If you guys make it this far in an episode, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Big thanks to the uh, the Gordon Brothers T-Man and H-Man for coming on and chatting a little hockey with us. Giving us an update on the, uh, the the pathetic excuse for a hockey team that the Flyers are. But hey, a win tonight. A win tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you to everybody. We're going to be back next week. We got UFC 282. We got more NFL football. We got the Army-Navy game. Gonna Like I said, in the college football section, probably going to have a little, uh, a little section uh, going forward, maybe determining something to do with a, you know, a a college football bowl thing, probably a confidence picks thing and and trying to tie that in. So a lot of fun stuff coming as always. We're back next week. Don't forget to share the show, get yourself entered into the t-shirt giveaway. Remember share and tag me. That gets you an entry. You can do that every week. So, Until then, until next time, peace.